dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs were the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. What number is this? 112. What a player's 12. You can't make this up, podcast. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. Uh, hey, I'm faded. 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 <laughs> I got a cough, too, so if I hear me barking for the next hour, I apologize. Come with the territory having babies in the house, I guess. <laughs> Why you faded, bro? Man, I just had a good weekend. I think the birthday coming up, you know, mm-hmm. when, when your birthday fall on a, on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. you just got to celebrate both weekends. <laughs> so, oh, you get both. Okay. Yeah, so... I uh went up. Shout out to Big Brother OPZ. Hey, avid avid pod listener. I know you in the gym right now checking us out. What's up, bro? But uh, don't work too hard. Yeah, we went up there. To, me and the wife went to Columbus on a Saturday for uh Mr. Otis Parker and his wife Nazare. The K is silent. <laughs> Baby shower. It was, hey. it was beautiful, man. It was a Marvel edition. Everybody but me and my wife came dressed. Had on a Marvel T-shirts. That was like the theme of the party. You always marvel for black tie. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> I gave my wife the responsibility when we got the, in, the invitation in the mail. You know, you open the mailbox. I see I see Parker in the upper left. I said, uh-oh, what's going on? Open it up. It was the invite to the baby shower. Okay. So I meet her, the wife. I said, let's get on the registry. Let's buy the gift. And we saw the, the theme of the party was Marvel. I said, let's go ahead and order some T-shirts. I'm not a Marvel guy. She knows that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you, you just... Pick some tees, you know what size I wear, knock it out. She goes, orders the gifts, drop them off a nice bag, a dad bag, a dad diaper bag. Okay. And a nice blanket, some other stuff. Got got up some things and uh, get close to the party. I'm like, what, what's up with those tees? She's like, oh, I didn't. Then we started looking and it was like, it wasn't going to make it. Late in the game. Yeah, it wasn't going to be here in time. So then we started, we went to one store looking, you know, what's the odds of you finding a Marvel tee? Really, like, I don't know where to go look for no Marvel <laughs> T. Put it that way. So actually, you can go to Walmart. They got them there. Walmart got a ton of them. Mm. Walmart, See? Target, full of low too. Like yeah, like the ten, fifteen dollar joints. Yeah, man, like the same ones. I said like um, hot topic for like twenty eight bucks. You can get for twelve dollars yeah. at Walmart. Now as you Shout say that, Walmart. Now as you say that, that's that's one of Shaw Smoke's moves when you're putting a fit together. Go get a T to put underneath something, or get a then you go to Target or. Twelve dollar, and I've seen some of those, you know, Captain Americas, yeah, and man. some of those. So yeah, I'm slipping, but we didn't, we, we didn't come dressed, but we had a great time, man. They had a great turnout, a lot of a uh, lot of the groomsmen from the wedding, a lot of her sorority sisters, her family from West Virginia came in town, moms, pops, sisters. So it was it was beautiful, man. They had good, nice spread. Oh, brought in some music, of course. played some games. <laughs> so it was it was fun. It was, it was my first baby shower, to be honest. You know, I don't hold really, on, there. oh DJ. Not really. He, he. <laughs> we walk. We, that's that's exactly my question. I said, "You walk into the car. I need some help." He said, "Yes." Yeah. So I walked to the car with him. I said, "Bro, you're not really about to spin, spin, right?" He's like, nah, nah, nah. I was like, "Okay," because I'm not gonna let you work today. You know, <laughs> just, so we just a little bit. We just brought in one speaker, the, the laptop. <laughs> you know, nothing. Just some, just just some noise in the building. So we had a great time, though, man. It was it was super turned. 
my 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 brother Dez that was here a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Him and his wife showed up with uh to go to go cups. You know what I mean. So <laughs> so we sitting there at the table drinking away on the low with the Pepsi bottle, and uh, I, I got I'm kind of kind of faded. So hey. came home, finished off my uh Mexican tequila for the birthday. Went to bed about three because I had to watch Power. Ah, oh. got up at eight. Podcast Sunday. Podcast so. Sunday. How was okay. your week? Man, so my week was super chill. Anybody that works in a corporate environment knows when the boss, the big boss, is not in the building. Yeah. Our general manager was on vacation this week. Take your shoes off a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> not only was the general manager of the building not here this week, our operations manager was only here twice this week. Mm. So not only most of the time when the general manager isn't here, that really affects the salespeople because he's on them about, hey, we got a budget to meet, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He really don't fuck with us. You right. know what I'm saying? Like the the on-air people, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just let them just do Just don't them. be no no dead air. Yeah, ratings <laughs> came out. Ratings was balling. He sent the email like, congratulations on the great uh, ratings. Reminder, I'm out this week. Don't play too much. One yeah. of those type of emails. Yeah. So like, all right, we already know he's out. But then our uh, operations manager, who's in charge of the programming side of the building, he was out like on Tuesday and Friday. Mm. And he was out half the day on Wednesday. So it was super chill. Yeah. It was like, he was just like, hey, man, it's been a light week. And not only, like, this is like really, in, especially for us, it's a, these like next two to three weeks right before, really after 4th of July. And right before high school football, I'm about to say Operation Football, it's, it, it gets chill. Like yeah. yo, it's like just business as usual. You know, commercials here, do your mm. show here. You got a couple interviews here. Nothing strenuous, nothing super heavy planning until no, like, no extra topics yeah, on the menu. Nothing. You 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 coming in at whatever time you normally come in, and you out when you out because there's nothing pending. Yeah. So them being out, super chill in the building this week. So this week. Uh, the 25th, the wife's birthday. Okay. Happy so, birthday. Yeah. Miss yeah. Washington. Yeah. Leo season. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, what happened? Okay. This is what happened. So I'm around the crib. I had to go make drop off for work and I was by the house. I was like, all right, we going out to dinner. <laughs> we going out to dinner for her birthday, obviously. So I'm like, man, I ain't about to go get no lunch and lunch. Cause we about to go out. So make a pit stop at the crib. Grab some leftover, a little leftover chicken that we had at the crib. I get to the crib. Who do I see in the driveway? The mother-in-law is in town. Oh, mom's-in-law is in town. Um, Missy but, uh, is in unbeknownst town. to you. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. I didn't know she was getting there that early because you know, what I'm saying she had gave me the heads up that she was going to be coming down to surprise her, mm-hmm. and the wife liked surprises. Unlike myself, I don't like surprises. Yeah. I'm glad Missy hit me up and told me that she was coming. <laughs> Shots out to Missy. So, you know, the wife hits me up like, hey, uh, 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 my mom is here. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm looking at her. It's all good. Don't worry about it. So we go out. So it's always good that my wife get, get to see her mom because, you know, we don't live in the same city and everything like that. So last time she, she saw She in the land too? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, Warren, which okay. is about yeah, yeah. 30, 40 minutes away from Cleveland. So last time she saw her mom was Mother's Day. So it's... Yeah. I'm always glad when she could see her mom because her mom and her sister, they're all like super tight, super close. So we go out to dinner, have some fun, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward to yesterday, Cincinnati Music Festival. We down there. 
Uh, Key Sweat hit that stage. Oh, Key Sweat. I just realized something. You know how we think about R. Kelly is like the nasty man? Yeah. No. Keith Sweat is. Oh, yeah. Keith Sweat is. Hell, yeah. Yeah, I just realized that last night. I was like, yo. I think that carried him in the 90s with his voice. Because, like, to me, I never felt like he was, like, an ultimate singer. No, that Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just <laughs> real it's, nasally. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's a hard listen if it ain't if it ain't nasty, you know? So, he had that. I think that kind of lifted his, uh, his weight in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, man. So, I, I realized it at the show last night. You're like, yo, this is... The 80s, early 90s, like this is the R. Kelly stuff. Mm-hmm. And R. Kelly pushed the envelope even more. But he put on a great show. Lots of hits. Yeah. I didn't remember how many hit songs he had. So that was dope. But it was super dope. The Roots oh, and Common performed together, dope. which was super dope. It was my second time seeing Common. I saw Common at the House of Blues in Las Vegas uh, when I went out there for NBA All-Star Weekend. Okay, Super dope. Um, Roots was dope as well. Um, they had uh one of the guys on the um NPC out there doing live instrumentation. So mm-hmm. basically, what he was doing was he had like an old sample, and you vibing with the old sample. He hitting the keys and he's speeding up. He's speeding up, and then he's slowly but surely making it into the beat that you know of today. Okay. So I mean, like he's doing it. You like, excuse me. At first he's going slow. You're like, all right, what's he doing? Then he's speeding up, and then you catch the song that was from back in the day. So everybody grooving. Then it's it trans and morphs it into the song that everybody know. Had people rocking. That shit was dope. I have to admit, I'm a late Roots fan. Like I, I think the the Fallon placement yeah. for them helped me get out of the fact that I don't know. I just never really got into the Roots. I always felt they was just maybe an underground. Like they they were huge, but it yeah. just it just had this vibe that I just really never really rocked with. And then yeah, the I'm other, not going front like I'm a huge Roots fan. I I love the instrumentation. I love what mm-hmm. they do. Especially like when you see them perform with a common. When they yeah. perform with a Jay-Z. Like all the extra stuff that they got going on. It's a hip-hop band. Yeah. Literally. It's yeah. a hip-hop and band. Du- and they can do anything. It's like the ultimate band because that's what I was about to say with Fallon. You know, you see them. They'll, they'll be performing behind Pink, performing yeah. behind Migos. James Taylor, performing behind Migos. I mean, you got all the vibes of music, and they can do it all. They, when he did, fuck them other niggas. <laughs> and then he spit. Dun, 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 dun. I was like, oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. That was dope. Uh, Jill Scott hit the stage. Dope. So on the drive home, you know, uh, Sissy Music Fest wraps up about, in my world, about midnight. I'm yeah. like, that's, that's, that's going to do it. We've been here since uh, 6 o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> so we driving home on 75. We moving, we moving, we moving. Truck. Bus. They're probably like about 50 yards ahead of us. I see this spark. Big spark. Oh. And then I see, boing, fucking tire, bro. I'm like, I'm driving, I look at the tire, and that shit, boing, bounces again. I jump to the right lane, and I see the tire, boing, again. And then as we pass the tire that's doing this, there's sparks and shit, and you see the bus that's getting towed doing like this. Oh, man. And out of my the bus getting towed? Yeah. Yikes. So out of my left eye, I see a cop car. So I assume that the... Tire hit the cop car because the whole front end is smashed in. Wow. So I'm like, it's a car that's dodging the other sparks and shit. So I'm like behind him. 
And then, like, they're still swaying, so I dart over to the left lane and gun it. Like, yo, I'm not <laughs> catching no debris, bro. Yeah. So the whole drive home, I'm just like, damn. Like, that could have been the end, yo. It's that fast. That fast, that man. Fast. I was like, shit. Wifey like, God damn, I need a drink. But by all the places we tried to stop on the way home, like, no. What happened was we were about to get off at Austin Landing and stop by, like, Bar 145 or Bar Louie or something. Ass on a motorcycle. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. We're going home. Yeah. Like, let's get off the road. That's let's that grown shit. You get to the point where it's like, nope, to yeah. the crib. Yeah, <laughs> man. I'm just thinking to myself, God damn. Like, that would have been bad. Mm-hmm. Extremely bad. Mm-hmm. I've had Super one of those. And in the, in, in, it wasn't a tire, but I had one of those highway experiences that, like, Make you, it just changed the whole game for you and your driving and everything. I was 20, maybe 21 in the military, um, coming back from Oklahoma City. It was kind of snowy, and uh, it had just started snowing. But the roads in Oklahoma, they got bad quick. Um, my, my dude is asleep. I'm driving. No particular reason. I'm in the middle lane. We just start swerving. I hit black ice Ugh. going like 70. So we start swerving to the left, swerving to the right. They think I know we're doing donuts. I'm spinning towards the wall. So as I'm screaming, he wakes up to us spinning on the mm. highway. So he wakes up like, ah, you know, like going crazy. We spin like two or three times. Don't know how he missed the wall. Ended up on like the little ditch off the highway facing traffic. But mm. my headlights were still like on the white line. So I wasn't all the way in the ditch. So we car stalled. We see tr- uh, trucks coming. We try to push the car back into the ditch. Like, forget it. I don't want to get hit by nothing. Right. If, they, if we hit some mice, they're going to hit some ice. Sure enough, that truck hit some ice, but he didn't lose it all the way. And it was just one of those where it was like, yo, I'm on the highway now. I don't even we, – we get there when we get there. You right. know what I'm saying? It just changed the game for you as, as a young man on the highway. So Absolutely, It can happen man. that fast. I thought about – you remember uh, you ever seen Final Destination? Yeah. Or any of those movies? Yeah, yeah, I believe well, so. Well, in Final Destination 2, it's like a highway like scene. Like the person sees like a vision of how everything's going to end for everybody. Like that's the type of shit that it was. Yeah. Like, yo, like, yo, motherfucking go out with a tire hitting my fucking whip and me and the wife celebrating a birthday. Ain't this a bitch? Right. <laughs> like, it could have <laughs> been. This, come on, this man. This the one, right? <laughs> this the one, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> I did want to ask you, man. So you have three beautiful children. I do. Brother Parker's got one on the way. Uh-huh. Are baby showers just excuses for adults to turn up? Being that that was my first one, and I've never have never been to a baby shower. Okay. So that was my first baby shower that I've gone to. And I was talking to O during the week, and we were just chopping it up. And he was like, you know, I thought about maybe bringing some beers and bringing, but like he know the audience. He know his people. He yeah. like, this is all my people, all her people. We get the drink, and this might turn into a party, you know, more than what, you know, family-oriented. So yeah. he kind of kicked back on that idea. I was like, yeah, because I can see <laughs> we got music going, drinks flowing. Next thing you know, 8 o'clock come, we ain't ready to go. You know, that could, that could get ugly. So I we, we managed it because that is the thought, like, all of us together. Yeah. What we going to be doing? We're going to be chilling. Somebody going to want to drink something. Somebody going to want to play a game. Somebody something. Next thing you know, it's going to be a party. So I think that is a – now, from the woman's side, I will say, it seems like my wife comes home a little inebriated sometimes from these baby showers. <laughs> so I'm, they might be having a wine turn Them up over there. Goblets of wine, yeah, bro. They, they might be turning up. Man, I'll say this. Whenever we do take that step to have a child and do the whole baby shower thing, 
there will be a turn up. Yeah. There will be an ultimate turn up. Be- only because we did a destination wedding. And for our destination wedding, we made it a point to tell our guests no gifts. You have spent enough money coming to Las Vegas yeah. to celebrate with us. That's a gift alone. Mm. So we made sure, hey, no gifts, no gifts, no gifts. But for this here baby shower, when that eventually yeah. happens, there will be lots of turn up. I'm expecting some dope ass <laughs> gifts. Uh, maybe an Xbox. I don't care. I'm click like see yeah. when we did the. I, I'm telling you, when I do that, I'm clicking everything. Oh dog. yeah. I'm like man, Xbox, Stevie. Somebody <laughs> stupid enough to buy it. <laughs> I remember. I remember the our first. We didn't you know baby shower after the you know first kid. It was like yeah, but the first one I remember with Target. They give you the little gun, go around and you just scan what you want. Mm-hmm. I just went down the aisle like, ging, 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 ging. like it don't matter like. If I ain't got to buy it, I'll take it. <laughs> so if it got to do with the baby and it's going to help, scan away. So my, Yeah, 50-inch oh, flat yeah. screen would definitely hey, help. Definitely. <laughs> Bubble guppies on repeat. <laughs> on repeat. Hey, bro, I got a question for you, man. Yes, sir. Who you in competition with? I think myself, for real. I mean, and it's not like, no, I'm better. It's just more so me, I struggle with... Like I want to, I kind of, I want to play it all out in my head and be like, you know, this is a smart move to make. I don't necessarily need that to still be rocking. Try to like make my own path, basically. Mm-hmm. But I think I struggle with the the side of like, you know, you still gotta like. I think it was, I think doing mixes for the station help. I think just getting involved a little more with it when I'm not preparing for you know a busy August or a busy September. I think just. Staying with the music, staying recording, I think that helps me feel like I'm still competing in the sense of like I still want to do this and I'm still feeding my family. The bills is paid. I might not be rich, but I ain't got no boss. So I'm, I think I'm just competing with myself on on, on the daily grind of it. More I feel than, that. More, I feel more that. Than I, I know at a point, not even like career wise, it's like just like regular, just before I found my path or whatever just like i was always for sure always in competition with my brother on mm-hmm. no matter what anything everything is a competition Hence that the about 50 miler yeah absolutely <laughs> point point six don't, yeah, excuse don't short excuse my point six bro <laughs> i apologize but i just feel like you know what i'm saying growing up in my neighborhood i basically was the youngest person in the neighborhood you know what i'm saying i was allowed to hang out with the older dudes so i always felt like i was in competition with Everybody, be it from sports, be it from, I don't know, shoot, riding bikes, doing this, chasing girls, getting most phone numbers. I always felt like, man, I got a, something to prove, mm-hmm. and I'm in competition with everybody. But more and more I've grown up and matured, I realized that I'm really not in competition with people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, like you said, I'm in competition with myself. Just because another person is doing something doesn't necessarily mean that I have to do it and do it better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This, this Life ain't a sport. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we're not always on the equal playing ground. You know right. what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Some people, for lack of a better word, were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Yeah. Some people weren't. So those people that weren't have to work harder to get to where the people that had a head start 
yeah, are. Definitely. And definitely. there's no knock on people that do have a head start. Shoot, that's that's something everybody will yeah, want to strive, strive for to, to leave for the next, you know, next next pack of people. Yeah, in the so, next squad. So I, I do find myself when I'm in other cities, when I'm listening to radio stations, I don't listen to their station to say like, oh man, does this person do their job better than me on air? Do they do a better on air presentation than me? I'm listening to get pointers from them. Yeah. I'm listening, for lack of a better word, steal some shit, steal mm-hmm. some bits. Like, oh, I never thought of doing that. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe just trying shit. So I, I've realized that, you know, the competition thing isn't always what it's made out to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can yeah. drive yourself crazy by, I don't know, looking on, for, okay, take you for example, like, uh, DJ so and so could be like, man, who is this dude? DJ Killer Kev. I follow him on Instagram. He he always DJing these weddings. I hear him on Hot One Two Nine. I'm in competition. Fuck that nigga. Well, just because that's your path for right. DJ Killer Kev, don't necessarily mean that's so and so's path for DJ whatever his name right. is. You know what I'm saying? Right. He may be a club DJ, or he may blow up and do something different. You don't necessarily need validation mm-hmm. from others and being in a competition. That's all I'm trying to that's say. That's where you talk about validation and like happiness. That's what I that's kind of what I've been more so than more so now than ever before being I left my VA job to go to school. I'm back to, you know, I took a pay cut in doing that and I'm back to the grind of DJ and got to be the way right now. Mm-hmm. And I think I keep telling myself, you know, more so I know, you know, you we getting the bills paid, everything's cool, but we just not saving. You know, mm-hmm. we just live and check the check, check the check. And it's like, I keep telling myself, I'm I'm happy because I would be at that desk wishing <laughs> I could be grinding for me. You know, yeah. wishing I could just go out and do it myself, what I love to do. So now that I'm in that space again, because I did that for, man, I did that for probably <laughs> like three years between the post office and my job at the VA. I was straight DJ and just, I mean, that was, that was the income, DJing and my military disability. That was it. So kind of back to that with the school help. But my happiness comes from the fact that, you know, I'm able to do this with a smile on my face. I'm able to do this, period. I'm able to, you know, it ain't like I do it for three months and take nine off. Right. You know, I'm able to do this pretty much year round, starting to pick up fall and winter gigs, which is very helpful because that's a slow season for me. When I'm not in the clubs, weddings, October-ish, they start fading away, you know. So, (laughs) So now I'm... Picking up some right path stuff. I got some more anniversary stuff coming up. So it's like I'm still finding paths to be happy and chasing what I love to do. So yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what that's 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 the competition that I need because you know, like we was thinking about golf or sports, you know, I'm trying to hit that one shot like they do on TV. But in, in real world, I need more than that one shot to keep this ball rolling. So Facts. so it's not just me chasing this one opportunity or this one thing that I think is right, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out a figure out a game plan to make sure I can last. Period. Yeah. So yeah. I find myself trying not to be petty too. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I, man. I, I, petty Kev lives within me. Oh man, so much, man. And it's different when you talking to your peoples. Yeah. And you being petty with them because they know you. They love you. It's it's what you do. You right. roast each other. You talk shit about each other. <laughs> And and that's is what it is. But when people don't know you, and you know what I'm saying, they taking subliminals. It's hard mm-hmm. to to do the Michelle Obama when they go yeah. low, we go higher, or take the high roll. I find myself really we want to clap back. Oh man! But 
I find myself saying, you know what? It's better not to. I got so petty at a gas station this week. You know, you hold the door for somebody and they don't say thank you. <laughs> but they in line right behind me, right? So get what I'm getting. I kind of stall and make sure that they, you know, wrapping up too. Mm-hmm. And I go to the door and I'm like leaning against the door like I'm holding it open. Uh-oh. And when they get done and start walking to the door, I just walk away and let it close <laughs> in their face. Like that's how I, I just... You ain't going to say thank you, man. You too good for it. Thank you. So I'm like, I'm going to hold it again and then see you. Man, I don't know how people, like my brother, he is, man, you so angry. Relax. You ain't got to do that. But it's in me. Mm -hmm. And how can we be a couple of the same people and you not understand where I'm coming from with my anger and my petty vibes? I ain't new to this. I'm true to this. Yeah, this is how I get down. (laughs) And, And I get that from my mom. My mom is super petty. Mm-hmm. My mom is Queen Petty. <laughs> Queen Penny Petty. That yeah. should be her name. She's super petty. And my brother is super chill most of the time. Yeah. And I don't understand how he don't see it my way a lot of the time. But I'm trying to see it his way. Yeah. Like, you know, okay, for example, obviously I work at the radio station. And... There's a certain fashion of people that hate the radio station, mm-hmm. hate everything we do from this, that, and the third, everything. Y'all don't do enough of this. Y'all don't do enough of that, whatever. Right. And But what I have to realize is, of what I realized was, no matter what I say, you're still going to see it that way. Oh, yeah. No matter what I do, you're still going to see it one way. So there's nothing I can do to make you happy. Mm-hmm. I could bend over backwards. I could do. I could risk my job and and play your record a million times in one day. It's still not gonna make you happy because it ain't enough. Right. So what I have to realize is what you want me to do just ain't feasible. Yeah. And for me to respond to that is a waste of my time. Right. Because I know I'm not gonna do it. And even if I do do it. You still not gonna be happy. Mm-hmm. That's all. I've gotten so much better the older I get at just saying no. Yeah. Like just like I'm always trying to help people. I got a helping spirit. You know, I help anybody do anything whether I know how I do it or not. If I see you struggling and I can just lend a hand, that's just me. But at the same time, people try to run over that and try to yeah. use that and try to act like you know they can just do what they want to you, you know, personally, emotionally, whatever. Yeah, there is a fine line yeah. between I that, just between saying helping no. people and not being an asshole about yeah. it, like saying no, but also saying yes to yeah. certain things. It's like kind of like, where do you draw that line? Yeah. yeah. I don't know where that line is. I don't either. I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to dig it up. I'm trying to find it. So. Like it always, like, I don't know, like, especially like your early mid-20s like the worst phone call you could probably get is from your homeboy hey man i'm moving mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> what you that mean? is the worst what you mean you're moving where where and it's not close like <laughs> like yeah, colorado man, I, need, Denver. I need your help moving on saturday the 26 <laughs> like motherfucker yeah the buckeyes play at 3 30 uh, man man <laughs> i helped my dude move the morning of matter of fact one year i helped my dude move the morning of ohio state michigan <gasps> and then the following year my stepdad was helping me change my shocks on my Lincoln. I had that. I had a Lincoln. He just he decided to do it. It was you know the Saturday of the Buckeye game. I'm like, I'll meet you there at seven. 
You know what I'm saying? Like we're getting this done early because I'm not. I'm, this this is the game. He ain't. He tried to act like he in the sports, but he really not. So like he tried to talk with people about sports. And <laughs> da, da, da. But he can go home and if he miss it or if he go, if he miss it or not, he don't care. I'm right. like, no. Twelve o'clock, I'll be sitting by a television <laughs> and not moving for a couple hours. Facts, facts. That's how it is. I mean, like that. I think probably at that age, that is like the worst phone call to get from your homeboy. Oh like, man, man I'm moving. Like. I just remember when we moved from our apartment to our house, <laughs> for about 90% of it, it was just me and the wife. Like, and we stayed on the second floor. So up and down, up and down the steps. And a matter of fact, this is what made it the worst part about it. We cl- had to get out to see the house, make sure everything was cool. Mm-hmm. Then we had to close on the house, pick up the U-Haul, then move. And fat remind you, this is probably like December twenty seventh, so we're fresh off like fresh off the highway on the twenty sixth mm-hmm. from like five seven days in Cleveland doing Christmas stuff to straight moving mm. to signing papers to giving up a fat ass check for a down payment to ripping and running and shouts out to my brother APO he came through. To help us unload, but he had to work. He couldn't get he couldn't get there in time to help us load up. And who the hell you gonna ask the hey man? I know you're on your Christmas vacation with your family. Can you help us move? Right. Like who does that? Yeah. Like, yeah. yo, so I know for a fact, when the move move happens, like away away, mm-hmm. there won't be no U-Haul situation. There will be two men in a truck, hey. there will be Mayflower. Like, yo, that was the worst shit ever. Like, it was cold. It was raining. You know what I'm saying? You imagine your wife trying to carry a bed downstairs, you and your wife. like. (laughs) I remember we moved. um, We changed apartments before our first child. And we went from a two-bedroom to a three-bedroom, like two apartment buildings down. We stayed Mm -hmm. in in Beaver Creek. And I can remember my wife um, being pregnant. Trying to walk stuff over, I'm like, nah, I don't need you. You know, you can carry that pillow. You can carry, you know, something. I don't want you working, working. Right. She was like 30 plus weeks. You know, she was towards the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I could just remember that just even it was back and forth, it wasn't even like a hassle. It was just real, literally like taking something and just carrying it over to the new spot. But it was carrying everything that you had yes. to the new spot. And it yes. was an all day thing. It took forever. My wife was pregnant. You know, my homeboy here to help, but he had, you know, every, my homeboy is the kind, they'll, I got you. And then if, from 8 to 11, they get that call, hey, bro, I got to I gotta leave in about an hour. So, <laughs> something, so and so, my mom, or they, they find a reason to give me three or four hours and skedaddle. So, I'm going to give you yeah, a window. I'm gonna, I got you for yeah, two hours. I'm going to be here bro. for a little bit, but then I'm going to dip it. So, <laughs> but after that move, my next two moves, we went to a townhouse in Fairborn and where we are now in Clayton, two men in a truck. Didn't care how much it cost. <laughs> it's that matter. peace of mind. Yeah, it was. It was ha- having a bad back. You know, I was ninety pounds heavier. You know, just I was that moving was not into my into my DNA. I was not on it. I was not into it. I didn't want to do nothing. I can remember sitting in my garage at the townhouse on a, on a chair with a drink <laughs> as they as they're coming in with the stuff like uh, upstairs, first bedroom on the left, uh, living room. Uh, like I'm just guiding traffic, like <laughs> the boss. Ain't didn't move, didn't help, didn't go peek in the trucks. He didn't struggling a little bit, need an extra hand. No, I paid y'all to move my stuff. Y'all gonna move all of my stuff. 
to the right place. <laughs> and that's how it was. It was like, the first one was like 500, didn't care. Mm-hmm. Second move was like 4, didn't care. Like 400 was worth the fact that I didn't have to do none of that shit. <laughs> I, I could spend $400 doing something else and it'd be blown on the weekend, you know. Yeah. That was a great 400 spent because I wasn't touching nothing. I didn't have to build nothing. I didn't have to, they put the bed back together, Ooh. TV stand back together. I mean, Ooh. all that. Oh. It was great. Now I got me thinking about helping my brother move to Nashville. That shit was torture. Oh, man, that was a great story. That was a horrible story. Three, th- three men in a truck. <laughs> three men in a truck. One six four, one six feet, one sleep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how that shit was going down, man. So, uh... You do any TV watching this week, man? Brother? Just for just for the pod, man. Just, oh, for, just simply for just the pod? for you, just for you and the pod. Okay. I found myself having a light week, and I said, you know what? Let me just. I actually was on demand going to Peppa Pig for my child, <laughs> and I went to TV shows, and it was the first thing I saw. It was Snowfall, and I was like, that's that show kid was talking about. So I hit it. I can remember how many seasons it was. So I hit. I'm like, I'm only one season yeah. back. I'm like, I can. I can Got this out, so I was like, "Baby, we transitioned into your room." So I take her to the room, <laughs> get her set up, come back <clears> in, and I, I think I watched the whole first season in probably two days. Yeah. I grinded through it. Now it got to the point where I was like, episode nine, episode ten, and then the new season two, episode one. I was two or three away, and I was like, "Yo, I'm going too fast." Cause, yeah, because now I'm gonna have to wait for you to be caught up. So I finished the first season. And I wait like two days. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta watch the, you know, the second one. S- season two, episode one, drew me all the way in. <laughs> then I go straight to the TV and find the recording and see that it's coming on like Thursday or something. Thursday at ten o'clock. And I was on Thursday watching season one, so it was coming on that night. So I got to see episode two. So you all caught all up. caught up, and I'm hooked. So what you think? <coughs> Franklin Saint is my nigga. Yeah. Hey man, I um, at first I went. I'm gonna be honest. It started a little slow for me in the sense I didn't know what I was. I really didn't remember what you said. The context of the show was about. I knew it had like an '80s kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it, and it came on and it was black people, so it was good enough. <laughs> you know, it was good enough for me. I was like, that's all it takes for hey, us. That's all it takes. See some like, black folks. I'm, I'm like, give it a shot. I'll be able to relate somehow, <laughs> some way. I'll be able to get through this. So the wife, I can remember though, like. Certain parts of season one, I can remember like maybe I channel channel surfed past and saw certain parts, but the wife had watched maybe two or three of season one when season one was out, and mm-hmm. it was too slow for her. She never finished it. She comes in the room. I'm like five, six episodes in. What are you watching? I'm like, Pay Snowfall. She's like, oh, you watch this? I'm like, yeah, I'm almost done. I got a couple more to go. <laughs> Petty Cav kicked in. Petty Kev keep there. Yeah, I'm almost done. So she what said, you about to do? Yeah, she, she sat on the bed, trying to take 15 minutes of it in. She's like, is that the... I'm like, oh, you're going to have to go back and watch. And I'm, I'm zoned in. I can't even recap right now. I can't even recap. I'm zoned in. Be quiet, please. I'm on, I'm on that. So, I mean, I really think the show, man... I, Season for I don't want to be a spoiler, but most of y'all probably have seen it if y'all watching if y'all listen to the pod. So, season one, I, I feel like it had two stories, mm-hmm. two main stories, and I was trying to figure out why they existed in this show. Like, why was the two stories like not connected yet, but dope? Yeah, deep. literally. Yeah, <laughs> it was deep. It was dope. It was all that. And then season two kickoff, 
and and now they all intertwine. Yeah, man. So see, I sent out a. I didn't watch uh, Power this morning. I yeah. actually slept in, so uh, I watched that this this afternoon. But uh, I sent out a tweet and got a little backlash. Not only backlash on Facebook and Twitter, but people was calling the studio ready to break my neck. Huh. I said, "Snowfall is greater than Power." What are your thoughts? Mm. What do you think? I have reasons too. I have reasons. I have several reasons. I will say this. I will say they are neck and neck. Mm. I can't pick one because I actually have one over them that okay. I'm rocking with, and that's Queen of the South. My brother has told me about I'm Queen of the you, South. That show got me locked locked in. Like that is my show. So if I had to rank them, I would say Queen of the South. Power Snowfall, but okay. but Snowfall is right there, and because I'm so new to it, it's so fresh. It has that extra juice for me because yeah. I, I just gutted through 14 episodes, <laughs> you know, 12 episodes, whatever it is. So, um, it's tough though, man, because Power got Power has a nightlife feel to yeah. it, yeah, and Snowfall got an everyday life feel yeah. to it. So, like, I think I think for me, it's like. I'm kind of transitioning out of my nightlife into everyday life. So the everyday life shows kind of grab me. And then and when they're dope, like the, you know what what Snowfall is, it, it it's enough to be like, I ain't gonna just not rock with it. Or like my wife watches Queen Sugar. You know, that uh-huh. has a day, a, a life, a lifetime feel to it. I think the the night power has a more, <coughs> you know, just a more urbanish turn up, we wild and yeah. we, we figure it out tomorrow. I think more the the snowfall I feel like you know you I I I, I watched a kid grow into a OG <coughs> triple OG in one season so for me it's it's actually another show that I I rock with heavy that's I think is better than snowfall and power uh is the shy um yeah that's a good one too I I like the shy and snowfall more than power power still a dope show don't get me twisted but. I love coming of age stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what, like, you know, Stand By Me, that yeah. old movie. Like, yeah. it's a coming of age story. This, even though it, I mean, obviously, Snowfall is going to have some major repercussions yeah. <laughs> for a lot of people. It tells the story of how crack basically killed communities mm-hmm. in the 80s and how this whole thing came about. And, you know, obviously, it's. It's a fictitious story, but it has a lot of uh, true elements to the story. You know, if you're a documentary head, you mm-hmm. can go watch tons of documentaries on the crack ec- epidemic and how it came to this country or whatever. But it, it depicts a certain lifestyle or depicts a certain era. And as a kid growing up in Cleveland in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, you see those type of things happen yeah. in your own community. So I not me personally <laughs> can relate, but I've seen a person similar to Franklin Saint. Right. And in the shy, I definitely seen kids like those kids mm-hmm. on the shy. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a is a crew like that everywhere. There's exactly. A, there's a super good kid, a middle kid that will probably be someone like myself, mm-hmm. and then the bad kid. Yeah. And they're they're boys. And then you see where the directions head when you get to the middle school and the high school and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you were so tight. But then when you get older and older and you get dragged in different directions, mm-hmm. which is happening on the shy, I can relate to those type of things. You know what I'm saying? I watch 
power. I mean, I'm not living in an old <laughs> yeah, house. I ain't got no elevator door. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, it's still a good show. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's uh, it, On last week's episode, dog, we just going to go ahead and spoil it, man. Uh, when he brought, uh, damn, what's his dude's name? When the, uh, Lorenz Tate brought old boy in. Oh, uh, the Dre. When he brought Dre in, I was like, oh. Yeah. Two two of you niggas ain't going to make it out this season, I don't think. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, I don't uh, think so either. Two of the three of y'all got to die. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I thought it was over this week when I saw Ghost getting hammered at the bar. I thought he was about to do Sins some shit. a big rich town. Yeah, I thought he was about to go down. <laughs> yeah, man, I still rock a power, but I will say this. Shouts out to my homeboy, Kelly. I agree with him with this. Like, he's he said a million and one time, like, yo, it's, it's, it's about to jump the shark. It's about to jump the shark. I concur with that statement if they go with the Kanan is the daddy role. Yeah. If they go with that, they will jump the shark. And another thing I have noticed on Power, they have cut back on the the sex scenes. Yeah. Like, I mean. Until next week. <laughs> You saw where Ghost ended up last. last uh, no, no, I have it. I have it. I have it. Oh, you didn't? No, no, I no. I thought you watched no, it. No, 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 no. I haven't oh, watched it yet. My, my apologies. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. My don't apologies. worry. It's all good. Um, no, but like they've kind of cut back on the sex scenes and they've been telling more of the story, which I'm more interested in. Like, of course, hey, want to see Lala's Tatas? Yes. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Notori Nelson show a little skin. I'm cool with that. I'm down with that. But, you know, it did. Over the top. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, okay, they banging, yeah. whatever. I feel like, like Power gets real close to Empire from where I left Empire, and I left Empire Season 2. So I think a lot of people left Empire Season 2. It was just like, I feel like some certain parts of Power get to where it's like, yeah, this is this is too, this is this is a little too much, you know, yeah. a little extra. So um, I will say this, though. Kendrick did a hell of a job. Okay, on this, yeah, on this I forgot about that. He's on this episode, and um, I don't know if, if if you watch it on the man, they had a little like two minute little after with the creator of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She kind of gives her little her little her little bit her little spiel of each episode, but uh, I won't spoil it. But Kendrick, for you to see Kendrick one way, and then to see him in this role, Kendrick about to get some work. K dot. Killed it. K-Dot, my guy. Yeah, definitely worth the watch. He killed it. He killed okay. it. Okay. And R.I.P. to Leon, too, by the way. Oh. Yeah, that, that hurt my heart, man. Talk, ah. Talked about Snowfall, man. Uh, ah. I'm hooked on it now. Speaking so. of Snowfall, I mean, there, if people ain't watched season one, they're just shit out of luck. Yeah. That one particular scene when they uh when they go to the house and uh the dude is basically raping the dude yeah, yeah, to yeah. give up. Yeah. What what was you thinking? Yo, that that scene had me take a five minute break in the show just because I was sitting there like, so they got the dude tied up and trying to get whatever they were trying to get, you know, information. They come out with the bat, couple chops with the bat. Yeah. And then dude was just like, fuck it. Grabbed him up, took him in the room, and you hear the struggle, and then you see them Franklin and Leon out there like, oh no. They uh He's giving it to him. And it just, it didn't open that door and see him in that position on that bed like that. It was like, yo, that's hair. Like, whoo, don't ever get tied up. Just say that. Bruh. Because you, you at their will, it seems like, when you're tied up. And and that is a reason why I put Snowfall above power. I don't think I've ever been shocked on 
power. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I I wasn't even shocked when, when, Raina. when Ray Ray killed Raina. Yeah. I kind of, like, figured the way, it The way was, they did it, too, you know, it didn't give you a chance to really be shocked because yeah. you saw what was coming. You saw her mosey out to school. Yeah. You kind of just felt like, uh, shit, and you don't go that way. with the dumbass son yeah. who's a fucking dumbass. Yeah. Who I hate the that actor. It's getting worse, man. Like Michael Rainey <laughs> Jr., you are one hell of an man. actor. Cause when I see you, I'm gonna punch you in the face because you do I'm such a good you. job. I fucking like, hate that kid. That's that's <laughs> when you know somebody good at their job. When they got you good emotionally shit. tied into a show to the point where if you saw him out, it would be a scowl and a mug first before, hey, that's so and so. It's like Motherfucking Tariq right there. You know, fucking like, Tariq, you yeah. dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> Everybody like, I will say, way. I will say this on Power the acting is a one man. Yeah. The act like young young Michael Rainey Jr. plays Tariq. Great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot 50. 50 yeah. be killing it, be man. Killing it. Talented, 50, man. Talented. Like, like if you go back and watch like some of 50's cameo roles on other stuff he's done before, you see 50. Mm-hmm. I see Kanan now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When I when I see him in these roles. And you know, uh, it's, it's just a good show, man, and I, I commend everybody on that show. They do a great acting job. Yeah, but man. Snowfall, yeah. that scene right there, didn't see that one coming. At all. Didn't see it coming, man. At all. And then and then the, the get back, every time, every time you saw him coming back throughout the episodes, it was like, oh, he about to kill somebody. And and, and his homeboy <laughs> is there with him, and he's like, man, what is wrong with you? And he can't, he can't even. And he can't tell him. He hit me with a bat. He, he I will take the bat. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> right? Man. Look, man, right. I'm telling you, Snowfall is that deal. Hey, I'm, I'm glad I went ahead and gutted through that and uh, got got into that show because, kind of like what you say, too, I think everybody that grew up in the, in the 80s and 90s, you know, even if that wasn't your lifestyle, per se, you had some homies, some cousins, yeah. some where you could walk in the house, see a dude with a fro and a beater. <laughs> who looks stronger than you like he could take care of some shit yeah and you're just trying to you know I ain't trying to cause no problems I'm just here to, with my homeboy we just he said this was you know, he came to get some a sandwich it's his uncle's house you know or whatever you've been in, I've been in spots where I done sat down and saw stacks of money on the table and I'm like oh hands in my pockets I ain't moving yeah. you know I've I'm, been in places yeah. where I found out as soon as I walked in, yo, this ain't for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I've definitely been there when been places. And, you know, especially like growing up, like when you like early teens or whatever, the biggest thing, and which is true, man, it was peer pressure is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But I can honestly say that my homeboys, my true homeboys, the people that I really grew up with, have never put me in a position to make me feel like, oh man, I gotta do this or do right, a certain thing. Right. Like they, my guys never pushed me like that. Right. Like I know other people that have tried, but my guys mm-hmm. never, it ever. Is, it, the only thing my friends have done in that sense was we might have had a day of hooping, a day of whatever, and then on the way home we were stopping here, we're walking, we're kids, you know, yeah. we, on our bikes, whatever. And it's literally like I just said, like, I'm an uncle in there. I'm about to, he telling me about to go get a sandwich, about to get something to drink. You thirsty, you want to come in. But he walk in, tell me to sit down, and I don't see him for 10 minutes. Yeah. He ain't in the kitchen. You right. know what I'm saying? So it was like, not, not necessarily like put me in danger, but it wasn't like, yo, I'm about to go do this. You down. It's more so yeah. like, we on the way home, about to make a stop. Just sit here. I know you ain't, you yeah. ain't, you ain't on it. 
but yeah. it's just cool. Just have a seat. We'll be out in and out. You know, stuff like that. Very similar situations, yeah, yeah. man. Like, been situations where we'll be going to a certain place. There'll be a certain thing that cats got to do. It's like, hey, we're going to get up with you. We got to make this run. Mm-hmm. All right. Do y'all. Exactly. Do what y'all do. I'm going to do me. And I and when I got older, like 18, you know what I'm saying, when I'm of age, quote, unquote, you know what I'm saying, I had another homeboy whose life had drastically changed from when we were kids or whatever who got caught up in that and wanted to wanted to be a part of it who mm-hmm. didn't have have to be a part of it went to private school mom's bust her ass to mm. do all these great things for him but he wanted that lifestyle so much and you know what I'm saying unfortunately his mom passed away and she was in a hospital for so long like his house damn near became a dope house you know what I'm saying mm. it, it was it was definitely the weed house yeah. for sure for yeah. sure you know what I'm saying? You want to keep a connection with somebody that you grew up with. You know what I'm saying? From mm-hmm. the sandbox, literally. And I would go over there, and they'd be, you know what I'm saying? It, and this is no knock on anybody who smoked weed or whatever, but they smoke and smoke. And, but that's not me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and at that that day, I truly realized, like, yo, this dude's not my dude no more. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Come on, smoke this with your boy. Smoke this with your boy. Like, you know. You know. Yeah. For, you, you know me since we were six years old. And you owe for how many and asking me that. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and now you trying to get me to blaze. You you know I'm going to say no. Yeah. And and like, man, well, you ain't going to smoke with your boy. Man. This was, this was popping. Like, it, for you it may be. Exactly. But for me it's not. Exactly. And you know what I'm saying? You have to remove yourself. And your real friends would be cool with that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you have to remove yourself from those situations. And, you know, I've never been a person to be like, oh, man, I got to do it because everybody else is doing it. Definitely. I outside think- of, like, being fresh. Like, outside of, like, clothes and mm-hmm. shoes and sneakers and all that type of stuff. But, like, things that everybody else is doing because everybody says it's the thing to do, never. Yeah. And that that for me is 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 100 times over and over because of being mixed. So I always had the white mom and I was the black kid. So I always felt different anyway. So the, the moment it comes where everybody's doing this, you got to be down too. watch me not be <laughs> just to show you that I'm not, you know, that I'm not a follower. I'm not going to be just tagging along with y'all. So, of course, as kids, you have to tag along with some of your friends in some situations to learn. Oh, I messed up. Oh yeah, I'm not doing that again. I'm not got you know, caught got lucky. Got lucky I didn't get caught this week. You know, social media wasn't popping for popping back in the '90s. I'd be. Could you imagine? I would have so many people looking at me differently in life, just <laughs> on a simple fact of growing up, figuring it out, and not having to do it on camera. You know, what I'm saying like we all say that we done some stuff, but you know, I really did some stuff that uh. Not not in my best light, put it that way. Yeah, so, yeah. Everybody made so, some, yeah. some questionable decisions, but that's that's what being a kid is all about. It is. That's Making what, that's decisions. What, that's what I worry about, having a, <laughs> a 10, 9, and a 2-year-old. You know, my my 10 and 9-year-old is just every day is closer and closer to y'all going to have to start making some decisions for y'all self. Y'all going to have to start deciding what's right and what's wrong and should I be a part of this, should I not, should I tag along because my friends – because I want to be cool with my friends, or should I, or should I come on home? Because that's probably not a good idea, you know. Like they getting close to that, yeah. And I'm preaching that to them more and more, and I'm not trying to burn them out with it. But at the same time, it's like I don't want to be that parent that be like, "What? You did that? Like, no. We talked about everything, and if you decide to make that decision, then that was your decision to make. You know, say so it ain't gonna be a shock to me. We are gonna talk about it all. 
Yeah. All of it. Sex, whatever. The worst thing I probably did as a kid, man, was I was a curfew breaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh. The curfew thing was just not happening. It's just like being in the house by 9, ah, 10 o'clock, I'm rolling out. <laughs> being in the house by 10, ah, 11.30. Like, it's like... You can't fucking tell town. How come you can't get your ass in this house when you're supposed to be in the house? And it, it ain't and not doing shit. I'm not doing shit. I'm either either was playing basketball, hanging out, trying to chase a girl. Mm-hmm. It's those two things. Yeah. I mean, I've climbed out of my window numerous times. I mean, I had to, I came home one time and my window was not how I left it. I thought I, <laughs> I, thought I was done. So I go to the door. It's locked. I'm like, oh man, like the bathroom. It's a little window in the bathroom. <laughs> That's always unlocked. I open that up, slide in the house. I'm thinking, I open this bathroom door. She's gonna be standing there with a gun, a belt, or both. <laughs> open the door. Like she really don't know I'm not. not in, huh? It worked out. Hop into bed, sleep, wake up in the morning. Like, well, here comes the hollering. Hey, good morning. Like, oh shit, got it all. Got this all. Man, I had numerous. I mean, I climbed into out of my window into windows. I breaking and entering. <laughs> I mean, I was wild and just again not necessarily a bad kid, but just more so kids wanting something or or feeling like they need to have this to to go accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish. And it was like we can just go there and do that. And it's like all right, but then the moment you get up to it, it's like. You know, you do it and you get done. It's like that's not me, bro. Yeah, way too much anxiety, way yes. too much stress. I'm, 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 I'm looking over my shoulder for the next two weeks, feeling like I'm caught, feeling like, like I'm not living like this. So, fortunately, I didn't have a camera or social media influences like kids do now, because that's a that's a whole another ball game, different ball game. Quick story. Yeah. Oh man, she'll kill me. <laughs> if I, my mom will still kill me for this one. So. About 16, 17 years old. Mom still works the night shift. Mm-hmm. Get a call from a certain female to come through. Yeah. 16, 17 years old. You imagine, coming, you coming imagine through. Imagine what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like about 10 o'clock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mom's has been gone to work for like an hour. I'm like, I'm on it. Like, yo, it's like a Thursday too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? School night status. <laughs> so I'm like, man, okay. Mom's don't get home. Until 8 in the morning. I leave at to go to school at 8. Piece of cake. Mm-hmm. I'll be home by midnight, 1 at the latest. Right. Try again, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm get home. I'm leaving said female's crib. Get home probably like 2, 2.30 in the morning. Mom's car not in the driveway. I'm good. There's no car in the driveway. Obviously, she's not home. Mm-hmm. Pull up. Hit the key to the door. Boom. Mom's is sitting on the fucking couch. Ugh. Arms crossed. Where you been? Whoa, shit. <laughs> like, oh. She's like, where you been? Nowhere, right? <laughs> you can't even yeah. you can't even come up with a lie when it's that that good. Miles was that good, right? And like later, much later down the line, probably like a year or two down the line, I was like, "Hey, you remember that time uh, you busted me coming in the house super late on the school night? 
Where was your car? I was parked around the corner, Just yo. Just to get you. That's yeah, a- so because there's only in my neighborhood, like, there's probably like three ways you could go, but she knows me. Yeah. She knows I'm taking this way. So, and this wasn't no short walk for my dukes. You know what I'm saying? Like, for her to walk around the corner mm-hmm. at night, ain't no telling what what time she came home. Right. It could have been one thirty. Yeah, she probably could have been called. Yeah, she could have just got there. She could have been calling the house since fucking 10 o'clock and just came home because she's worried. She right. could have been literally sitting there waiting since 10.30 till I mosey my ass in there four <laughs> hours later. And she was just sitting there at in least the she, dark. At least you was solo dolo at 2.30. Nigga. At least you wasn't coming in, grabbing the, the butt cheeks and kissing <laughs> like the movies. Turn around. Right. <laughs> right. She yeah. probably would have sent her ass home. Like, you better call your mama. Like, oh, shit. I, I, I'll share my story real quick. Uh, it's funny because she still lives around here. Um, a girl that would go unnamed. Uh, <laughs> yes, let's leave the names out. <laughs> she didn't go to my high school, but she lived in, in Trotwood. She went to a private school in town. And uh, I can remember like Watch I, it. Uh, right, getting get, get too hot, getting too. Hot. I eliminated thousands of chicks with that line. Eliminated, just eliminated. But um, I remember we spent a whole summer just getting it in, and it was it was that high school ish. It was probably like a twelve minute jog to get to her spot. I would run there from my house in the middle of the night, sometimes at midnight. Run over, get in, climb through her basement window. And we'd be getting it in. And this was, you know, a whole summer's worth. So I remember time in I remember her dad coming downstairs. And it's like like one in the morning. And we in the mist. And like I hear the steps. I'm like, try to grab my pants, pull them up real quick. Like we on the couch chilling. And then we had he had some old like Hennessy. And that was my first Hennessy experience. But this Hennessy had been sitting in this basement for like 10 plus years. It was like Aged, aged Tennessee. I we I had sipped a few sips of that, and it was the bottle was sitting on the little nightstand beside me. He comes down the steps, and he's just looking. And I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, it's a wrap. I'm about to get. I'm about to get. It's, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. I'm down here with his daughter. I wanted him already with some Hennessy. We we both 15, 16 years old. So he come down there. He looking. He was oh, like, "Shit, y'all drinking? Y'all fucking? <gasps> so y'all grown?" And we both sitting there like, I was like, sir, I had a sip, but we ain't fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not what I said to him. And, and, and then he looked at me and I like kind of snickered and was like, I like you, Kev. I like you. Because you, you, seem, you seem pretty pretty honest. An honest guy. He was like, you 16 years old in the basement with my daughter. He was like, you ain't fucking? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I mean, it was, it was one of those the whole moment. I'm thinking to myself, I can't climb out this window fast enough. I, you know, I can outrun this guy. I'm in tip-top shape at 16, you know. And he just, we talked it out. You know, it wasn't no issue. He asked me to leave. I left, you know. But it wasn't like, I thought I was going to get violent. Yeah. I was back the next week. You know what I'm saying? Like, just on Hormones, Yeah, bro. it was bad. And then the funny part of the story is, I go to the military. She lives her life, da 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 I'm in the gym probably two, maybe like a year and a half. Probably last year when I was doing all the, all the super weight loss. I was going at night sometime. I would go at midnight, whatever. I was in the gym late as hell. It was midnight. I'm in the sauna by myself. The door opens. Guess who walks in? 
I go, word. She looks at her. She's like, hello. I'm like, so now we sitting there and we got to have a conversation that we ain't had in a decade. And then, of course, it goes back to, you remember my dad? I was like, oh, I remember. You know, like, so we had to relive the whole story. And it was just like, what's the odds of me? You know, I know she's around town. It's dating, but. In the sun at midnight on like a Wednesday. Right. Why are you here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was Dayton, Ohio is a small place. That's why she has to go unnamed. But uh, hey, man, at least you made it out of there alive. Hey, man, man that was one of those like you say, young, dumb, and full of it. You know what, man, what I'm saying? Man, so, hormones will get you killed out here in these streets. I tell everybody, I say this my whole life. From the time of junior high hit, when my dick started working, <laughs> grades and all of their focuses went down. Just the just a smidget because I mean, the hormones about, running all wild. All the stupid things you've done for chicks, not only just to to, to get a, get a phone number, yeah. to to get over to a crib, to having one of your homeboys hook it up, mm-hmm. going over there at God knows what hour, <laughs> yeah, risking life and limb. Yeah, I did. I, me and my high school girlfriend. Had sex in my uncle's basement during my family's pool party. It was like 40 people there. They're all at the pool. We had the basement in the laundry room. All of a sudden, it was like the whole party came inside. Everybody went to the basement because that's where the TV and stuff is. And we in the laundry room in the basement stuck for like an hour. We're Kevin and you go. Thought we left, thought we went for a walk. Fortunately, again, no cell phone. Barely had a page that I stayed on, so you know it wasn't like you know it wasn't like we could get contacted. So we just had to hide it out, wait till the pool party went back outside. I mean, like doing some crazy stuff as a, as a kid, man. Stuff that I just like. That's why my gray is growing so rapidly, and I worry <laughs> as a parent so much because I was that guy. I was wild, wild. See, I wasn't even. I don't even consider myself wild. I consider myself pretty tame, but I. Compared to what my homeboys was mm-hmm. doing, like yo, my guys, my my three guys that I went to high school with, that we've been boys since first, third, and fourth grade, like yo, them niggas was getting it in, <laughs> and I wasn't getting it in. I was like, oh hey, yo, yo, oh yeah, I finally seen her titties. Like, That's it. It's like, well, damn, bro, I'm moving as fast as I can. I can only do what she allows me. Right. So to Matt, to think I was doing something. And to know what they was doing, and then to realize, like, yo, there's other dudes that are way more on it than they were. It's yeah. like, yo. My high school years. Limb, I'm, I'm going to leave y'all with this. Two-door. I don't came to the car because I might put. Two-door car. <laughs> four people. Boyfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend and girlfriend. Getting it in. Just because we didn't have no money for no room. We didn't have money for nothing. But one of the four had a car, and we found a park. And it was literally like me and my girl, him and his girl, but we in a two-door, bro. So you can imagine, like, doing my thing, and it's a butt cheek in the face. And your girl's ass is in my face. Can y'all scoot over a little bit? We can't, We need some room. You know, it was like, it was crazy, bro. Crazy. And we've just named this podcast, Getting It In. You can't make, <laughs> what a place, 12. You can't make this up, podcast, Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. We out. Peace.